Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That gospel reading, Jesus says, come follow me. And we do, you know, we're here today. We claim that we have faith, we're baptized, worshiping in God's house, give money to church, have daily devotions. Yeah, we're following Jesus. We're doing what we think he expects of us. But it's also helpful to go back and reflect on what it means to be disciples of Jesus Christ. So that when he says, come follow me, we have a little bit better idea of what he's talking about. As we look at the basics of our faith, which is what I'm tending to do as time goes on, pay more attention to keeping first things first, looking at the foundation of my life and hopefully yours too, making sure that everything's lined up, it becomes important for us to re-examine what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ. Have you ever built something and you didn't make sure that the boards, the concrete, the bricks were level and square and secure and as you got a little higher up you realized everything was cattywampus? That is a theological term. You just, oops. And sometimes we find that out in our lives that our basic ideas and priorities and attitudes are not lined up with God's. And when we face problems and challenges and crises, everything just seems to get out of balance, gets distorted, until we realize we need to get back with God, need to get straightened out need to re-secure our foundation in Him. One place to start with that is the Ten Commandments. I'm going to look at the first commandment today. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Okay, that's fine. We're here in church. We're not someplace else. No other gods before Him. No gods beside Him sharing our attention and our devotion. No gods ahead of him. He is the one true God. And he wants to be at the center of our lives. It's interesting. We, there, there's a word that's used, and you may remember it from the small catechism when you were studying confirmation class, in confirmation class just a few years ago, right? And we call it the close of the commandments. Actually, it comes before, in the Bible, it comes before the commandments. God says he's a jealous God. And we're going, huh? What? That, that sound makes God sound terrible. Jealous? But you think about this. He makes us. He keeps us going. He provides for us. He goes, he, he goes to the cross for us. He's invested himself in us. And he has a right to say, I demand, I want, I deserve your total attention. 
Yes, he does. So, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And Luther says, in a, in a statement that basically confuses us, we should fear, love, and trust God above all things. What he's saying is that God needs to come first. He needs to be at the center of our lives, no matter what. Nothing shares God's, we, we, nothing shares God's place in our lives. He's there at the center. And everything, everything else is secondary. Job, spouse, self, everything else is secondary. Important, but secondary. And then we see that Jesus came to tell us we need to get right with God and stay right with him. Because the temptation is always there to back away from God. To back away from his truth. Because it's hard to follow. We've got to keep making choices. Do we follow God's will or do we do what we feel like doing? Are we self-centered? The example I use is take a couple of two-year-olds and one toy. Now my children, of course, would just say, well, okay, let's share. You go ahead. Right. And as adults, do we share? No, go ahead in front of me. That's all right. Huh? Always that temptation to put ourselves ahead of others, ahead of God. Hmm. Some of you remember Alexander Zoltanitsyn. He was a Russian author. This is what he would say. If I were called upon to identify the principal trait of the entire 20th century, this is what I'd have to say. Men have forgotten God. Men have forgotten God. You think about it. Was he correct? Yes, I think so. Men have forgotten God. We just don't pay a lot of attention to him. Now, you and I do because we're Christian, and so we're, we're, we're in good shape with God. You know, okay, that, that's, we're in church. But our world, by and large, has forgotten God, gone on to other idols, gone on to other, you know, what they think are God's. If we spend our time and money in this, if we devote our attention to that, if we trust this, whether it be the accomplishments of science or something else, we'll be in good shape. And along the way, we just sort of push God aside and forget about him. And Jesus says, if you do that, you're in big trouble. Because this one who makes you, creates you, and provides for you, and goes to the cross for you, says, worship me, trust me alone.
but we forget God. Until something really bad happens to us. Then what do we do? We run back to God. Whether we believe in him or not, we run back to him. Either to ask him for help or to blame him for what's happened. Which is amazing, right? We don't believe him, believe in him, but we either accuse him or seek his help. Nobody ever said human beings were all that smart. Well, we think we are, but in reality we're not. So, how are we doing in terms of keeping God at the center of our lives? Think about the disciples. Jesus said, come follow me. Okay, and they did for a while. There's an interesting passage in John chapter 6, and the crowds are enormous that are following Jesus. He's very popular. Oh, this is the latest prophet. He's the one who's going to give us our independence from the Romans, right? Oh, this is going to be great. And then Jesus starts, starts talking about the necessity of eating his body and drinking his blood. And people are going, huh? And he's talking about discipleship and being faithful no matter what. And they're going, I'm out of here. And the crowd, and, and John says, the crowds just started melting away. The good thing is that Jesus turns to his disciples and said, are you going to leave also? And who's the first one to answer? Well, that's obvious, obvious, Peter. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. That's where we need to be, no matter what's happening in our lives. We need to be there saying Jesus Christ gives us the truth. The truth about ourselves and our need of a Savior. The truth about God who loves us and commits himself to us as we see on the cross in the empty grave. The truth about heaven and hell. Yesterday there was a funeral here, Wayne Bauer's funeral. And afterwards, someone came up to me and said, what was that passage that you used where you're talking about sinners? And I don't know what she wanted with it. I think she finally realized it was Psalm 103. I'd used that as part of the sermon. And I don't know where she was at in terms of her spiritual life and all that. But it was interesting that she wanted to know that passage where God talks about the psalm writer talks about being sinners, disobedient toward God, but also God's grace and God's mercy. We need to be there. You have the words of eternal life. Eternal life. That's what this is all about. We follow Jesus through this existence and follow him right into eternal life. That's what I want. That's what God's promised me. 
That he, that's what he's convinced me is true and real. That there's life with him. So we keep going back to the basics. Have no other gods before me. Put him first. Follow him. Oh, we get wrapped up in all kinds of stuff. Secondary stuff. We stop paying attention to God. We just sort of go through life sometimes. A little story that I wanted to use. I don't know if it really fits, but I'm going to use it anyway. I like the story of the public meeting. This is a voters meeting. Gone on for hours, and I guess they'd run out of coffee because they're all just sort of burned out, bored to tears. Someone handed a note to the chairman which said, someone has parked a minivan in front of a fire hydrant. Will someone please move the minivan? The chairman looked at the note, then read it to the whole group, said, okay, will someone please move the minivan? So someone says, I move the minivan. Someone says, I second that. All in favor say aye. Okay, the minivan's been moved. No, it hadn't been. <laughs> See how we get wrapped up in all kinds of nonsensical stuff, stuff that really doesn't matter? But this matters. This matters. Jesus Christ matters. We need him. We need this one who's a, who is determined to be at the center of our lives, to give us direction and to give us encouragement, to give us forgiveness, to give us hope. There are some of you who are really dealing with a lot of stress. A death of a family member has occurred recently, or and or you've got relatives who are in fragile health, which is the latest term. Now, I'm not talking about the fragile health that you become aware of on 205, okay? I'm talking about hearts and lungs and bodies that are failing. And death is not far away. Is Jesus at the center of your life? Can you count on him to help you through this? To carry you? To support you? To bring others alongside of you to help? Do you feel God's presence in you? That's when the rubber hits the road, isn't it? It's easy for us to sit in church and say, Oh, I love Jesus and he is so great and I feel so blessed to be his child. But then we walk out those doors and the reality of life hits us. Is he still at the center of our lives? Do we still cling to him and follow him? 
and serve him and trust him and love him. By God's grace, yes. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand as we join in the Nicene Creed. And we say together, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven. That's at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated as the offering is received.
it's always interesting to think about these little mite boxes, widow's mite, couple cents. The coins that have been put into these boxes uh, used for mission work around the world in our country and lots of countries around the world. And it's always interesting for me to think about that and to read uh, reports of what the money has accomplished. So you'd think, well, if it rattles, it can't be much, right? But these coins all added together over the years have accomplished tremendous work for the kingdom of God. So we pray.